Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the What's Holding You Back January Writing Challenge edition of the 7 a.m. Novelist. I'm Michelle Hoover, your host. Now, this month, we're live talking about everything that might hold a writer back from producing the work they want to write and how they might overcome those obstacles. Today, we get to hear from two wonderful writers and friends of mine, Emily Ross and Virginia Pye. Good morning, ladies. Thank you so much for being on the show. Good morning. Hello. Hello, and everyone in the chat, feel free. We're going to be talking about two issues today. Feel free to join in. If you have similar problems, you can echo those in the chat. If you have other solutions that we don't talk about, feel free to provide those in the chat. So we kind of become a hive mind of solutions for folks. It's great. Um, and you can still submit your questions to me, though time is running out. So you can submit them to me in an audio file. I've had people submit all sorts of different audio files to me, just hoping that they work. And I actually have been open, able to open all of them. So feel free to try that out. Um, you might have an app on your phone that will just do it for you. And if you share that app, you can send it to the email 7amnovelist at substack.com. You can also share a written format um, of your question or problem to the same email address, 7amnovelist at substack.com, and we will read it aloud on the air. I will use your first name, um, so make sure that you're okay with that. Okay, Emily Ross, this is our her second time with us, so thank you, Emily, for all your time and help. She is the author of Half in Love with Death, which is a, what I've always called this novel a gorgeous novel about a serial killer. Uh, she is an, it, it won an International Thriller Writer's award finalist for best young adult novel. And she's currently also shopping her second novel, The Black Sea, an adult mystery thriller set in her hometown of Quincy, Massachusetts. And Ginny Pye, or Virginia Pye, is the author of four award-winning books of fiction, including two post-colonial historical novels set in China, River of Dust and Dreams of the Red Phoenix, the short story collection, Shelf Life of Happiness, and her fourth book that just debuted this last fall, The Literary Undoing of Victoria Swan. Okay, so we have two wonderful authors with us. Let's get to your questions. Uh, our first question comes from Barbara, and this is a really common question. So she asks, uh, is revising her book killing the freshness of the book? And she says specifically, I fear getting lost in revision, that the writing risks losing the freshness it had when I was first inspired to write the story. It feels like too much going over the same thing is like overworking pastry dough. It gets tough, loses its flakiness, there's no spring to it, and a lot less flavor. So she says, my questions are, do other writers feel this way? And I can just tell you straight out, Yes, <laughs> other writers do feel this way. We're all sadly working over that pastry dough and killing it and, and worried about, is anyone going to eat this thing? Her other questions um, are, does it mean you have to add the freshness back in? Is that even possible? Also, how do you balance the spark of inspiration with the careful plumbing of your characters for something deeper and richer? Okay, I'm going to throw this to Ginny first. Ginny, Ooh. have do you have any experience this with this at all? Oh no, never, never. <laughs> oh, are you kidding? <laughs> oh, this is such a perennial question with every single manuscript, and I think we all face it. And Barbara, I really love your metaphor, and I'm going to use that in my mind and in teaching and everywhere else because that kind of really nails it. Um, 
And so what to do? And I'd really love to hear in the chat if, if folks have other ideas um, in addition to the ones that Emily and I share. Um, my first thought is to set the book aside and get a little distance on it. And I don't just mean for a day or two. I mean, put it aside for weeks, um, maybe go on vacation or, you know, pick up another project, get some um, space and time away from it. Um, and then go back and read it. I am, this is one of my big challenges. I have a really hard time going back and reading my work without starting to edit it. I immediately, if I'm reading it on the computer, I can't seem to stop myself from trying to make it better. But the idea is to get enough distance that you read it as if you were a reader. Um, and so you're not getting into the weeds sentence by sentence or chapter by chapter even, but you're looking for where there is a spark, where there is some life to it still. Um, and, and then you work from there. That can give you hopefully new ideas. I, I love this part. This is working. This character is working. That character feels really wooden and stiff or something like that. And then you sort of start to get come up with a game plan of how to salvage what's best and start a new draft. Go at it from a new angle if you can. Um, obviously, you can get this by asking um, trusted readers to give you their feedback. Um, of course, that can be super helpful. But you, but what really matters is what you find in it that still works for you. Um, that still inspires you to work on this project. I guess if you find after you've you've done this and you still are feeling like it's really dull or you're just not into it anymore or you've moved on, and that's happened to me, different phases of my life, I'm suddenly like, why was I writing this book? This isn't this isn't who I am anymore somehow. This isn't my interest. I don't really care about this world that I've created then it is time for the drawer and it is time to set it aside. And we'll talk in answering the second question today about how you can revive those types of manuscripts that have been in mothballs for a while. But anyway, those are my first thoughts. Um, and I'd love to hear what Emily and others have to say. Emily, what do you think? Ever had this problem? All the time. <laughs> um, I just spent probably the novel I'm working now, I spent an inordinate amount of time revising it. And I love the dough metaphor. I actually said it to myself, this dough is getting gray. I've overneeded this book. I also felt this novel is Frankenstein. I have patched together so much. It's like all these pieces, I have no idea if it holds together. And I think, you know, that's one of the perils of re re revision that you will over revise. And, and like um, Ginny, I have the urge every time I open the book to edit edit every paragraph, rewrite every sentence. And sometimes, you know, things were good the way they were and you, you do lose that freshness. Um, so you have to be, I think you have to be really disciplined when you're revising and say, I'm work, have a revision plan and work on what you set out to work on and resist the urge to change anything else because I will change everything. And then, mm -hmm. you know, kind of try, try to focus as much as you can. And if you see something that's a problem, write it down and say, I'll get to it later. And, and listen to that little voice, because sometimes the voice that is saying, this has no freshness, this is dull, is just you, you're tired of it, you've been in it too much, and it, it may actually be okay. Um, and so that's the time to put it aside and then come back to it and realize, oh, I thought what I did was awful, but it's actually working. 
Um, it's it's the time to get a trusted reader. Um, the other thing I, I I would just mention, as I think I think of revision as a half and half thing. Some of revision is you have inspiration. I, I see how to open up this character and make them rich and bring them to life. But a lot of revision is is kind of sloggy stuff. It's work. Like um, on Half in Love with Death, I had to do a revision where I had to get 100 pages out of the first 150. And that was a lot of analysis. That was spreadsheets. That that didn't feel fresh. It, 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 it was kind of fun from a puzzly way. But, but that's part of revision too. And if you're doing that kind of revision, um, you know, you'd be surprised once you set it aside and read it, it, it works. But but those feelings while you're doing it um, can be actually, you know, it's, it's not all spark. It's mm -hmm. some of it is just right. work. Um, and that's part of revision too. Um, so I, I guess it's it, it's a mixed bag. So so I've had that feeling many times with many novels. Certainly with a novel I've just worked on, like I've killed this. I'm killing this. I'm overdoing it. Um, and 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 that is the time definitely to get some distance because you need to feel the freshness in yourself before you can you know get the freshness back. And maybe maybe it's done. You know that's also mm -hmm. I hate this. I'm tired of it. Also sometimes it means you're done nothing's perfect and you're done that's interesting yeah. that's true um just to clarify something judith asked a question in here or or made a comment i should say and and i think what we really are talking about is not a first draft right not, right not we're not talking about when things feel dull as you're writing a first draft i think what we're talking about is after you've written a first draft or a second draft or a third draft or a fourth draft or a fifth draft and and you sort of flogged something to death and you know how do you keep keep that alive i i think i think it's a really different thing in a first draft that you don't want um you don't want to go you want to just keep going full steam ahead um in my opinion you just totally agree um that's that's where you try to um not not circle back too much and just keep going forward to try to find your story and find your characters in a first draft for sure. Yeah. For me, I also have to do it in a second draft as well, but um, at least to, to understand my territory. But anyway, um, just to but clarify something that. She also says um, in, so yes, thank you for that, Jenny. And something that Judith also says is uh, when I first sat down to write my novel, all inspired by myself, the result was too precious. When I decided I had to write every day to get it done, I just wrote without evaluating anything about the words. I would just do it. That writing was much fresher than anything that came through so-called inspiration. So I think that's important. That happens in first drafts, second drafts, third drafts. Um, I think we love the thing that we oftentimes first do. It's like when we look back at our childhoods and it's all like hazy and happy and well, some people, I don't, maybe not, but, and, and if you actually were to go back there, you'd be like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> this isn't any fun at all. I can't do anything. So be very aware of, um, cause I've oftentimes looked back at first drafts at writing that, that I thought I've loved stuff that I cut, stuff that I got rid of. And I look back at it thinking, oh, I, I really liked that. But I look back and it was actually really quite terrible. Um, and I just liked it because it was the first thing that came out. So the problem is, as you're revising, you do begin to lose sense of what is there and what is good and what is, is not good. And that usually is the time to, to put it aside so that you can see it better. Um, 
I've also had the experience in teaching the novel incubator. You know, we work the students pretty damn hard during that year. They do a they do a whole revision in just a few months, um, which is kind of crazy. And they're also reading a lot. And I have find that that intense concentration on their book and on the craft of fiction actually improves their writing tenfold. There's something that happens to their style that just gets so, so much better than when they walked in and they were already good writers when they walked in. Um, so, you know, kind of pounding the pavement a little bit can really help you quite a lot. Um, just because you're, you're, you're focusing on it so much and you're putting your all into it. Um, I also recommend that if you are losing that, that energy, um, one thing that I've found is that sometimes a revision needs a really big change to make the book work. So sometimes you're losing energy or you just hate it um, because something is not working. And we think, well, this is the plan I made. So I'm going to need to keep going with this. And we keep beating our heads against that wall. I need to keep trudging forward. This is the plan I made. And we just stick with that because that's what we had, we had decided to do. Um, and that will usually kill uh, an idea or a book for you. So um, I've oftentimes found if you're willing to make those big, scary jumps in revision. So we've had people, I usually, I oftentimes talk about one of our writers who actually made his, his, a tertiary character into his main protagonist. Um, E.B. Moore, her first novel that she, she published with a big publisher, she actually took out one of the main points of views and redid a whole point of view. Um, other writers that, you know, have made huge changes. I recently took out the protagonist in my book, which sounds impossible, but it's what gave me the energy to go back to it. And it made a new book for me. Um, and, and it made me excited about it again. I have another writer that we're working in in class and she kept kind of hitting a wall thinking, oh, that doesn't feel right. That doesn't, that doesn't work for me. And she kept working on it, working on it. And it was only when she decided to really pull the plug and base most of the novel in an entirely different location than she'd been um, avoiding that she finally got her excitement back and her energy back and she was ready to do it again. So sometimes making those big changes that you're afraid to make can actually be really, really energizing um, to get you there. And finally, I always think about Lauren Groff who does something that not a lot of writers do. So she will do, she, I think she writes her first drafts out by hand I, and she plans yeah. it all. She, she just writes and writes and writes and writes. And then she doesn't, she doesn't throw it away, but she doesn't look at that material at all. She might even throw it away. I, I don't know. Jenny, you might know. Um, when she goes into the second draft and the third draft, she does not look at the previous drafts at all. And so that keeps her very, very fresh and awake to what is happening on the page in the moment that she's writing it instead of going over that old, old material. Now, most writers, that scares the pants off of most writers. Um Ginny, do you, you've heard that story from Lauren before? Definitely. Yeah, no, I've heard that. Um, yeah, no, I think, I mean, it, I was just putting in the chat, like what other tricks do people use? And, um, and, and, you know, I know one thing is to read aloud, whatever it is that you've written. The other is to, um, to, to put it into entirely different font. Um, you know, what other things what we're trying to do is get distance on the work so that you can see it fresh, freshly. 
Um, and so I think these all work. Um, and I was just reminded that I'm working on a manuscript right now that I first wrote, and I was trying to figure it out on my computer this morning. I can't remember if it was like 2017. It might've been, it's something like that. It's, it's quite a while ago. And actually my agent even tried to sell it. Um, so it was, it was at that stage. It was, it was pretty far along and it didn't, it didn't get picked up and I put it aside. And then, um, in 2019, I guess, so it's earlier than 2017, I first wrote it. Anyway, I reset the whole story. I changed the character, some of the characters, um, the city is the same, but the time frame is different. And, but it is somehow still the same book because it's a portrait of that city. Um, and, um, and anyway, I'm working on that now, but now I need to go back in and change it yet again, like with a very, very new perspective. I've got four points of view characters and I honestly think I have to bring it down to two and more historical details, whatever. I've had um, some feedback that I need to really incorporate and make a big change again. So this does happen, you know, you're, you're, you're taking sort of the same materials and you're kind of throwing them up in the air and seeing where they land again. And hopefully that gives you a fresh, a fresh way of approaching the work. Um, yeah. And I think, yeah. you know, instead of feeling dread about that and, oh God, it didn't work. And I'm, this is tragic, you know, no, this is what we do. This is how we show that we're writers is by continuing to try to invent in different ways that we can and to just understand like that's it that's not that's not a slog that's not miserable we don't need to be crying in our beer over this the other thing i think that's really helpful in general with these projects that seem to go on and on and you can't kind of get a foothold and you can't you don't feel like you've, you've nailed it is to try to remember that we're going to write many books in our lives that yes. this isn't the only one that um, you love this one or you hate it. It doesn't, it's okay. It doesn't matter. There's going to be others. And that I think helps because you don't feel as precious about it um, or as devastated. And I, I think you just got to think, okay, this one, I don't have it in me right now. I'm putting this one aside, but let's see what I can work on and to continue to work. Like don't stop but maybe it's time to start a new project and there'll be a time when that other book like starts calling to you and you'll go back to it. So I, I just think, think long-term, think we're authors, we're writers um, who are going to create many books over the span of our career. And it's all raw material, even the stuff that we've, we've shaped and, and gotten to a certain level. Um, but just be patient with ourselves, but press on. Yeah, I know my, with the quickening, yeah. I I, um, I put it away for about four years before I went back to it and was able to yeah. do with it what I needed to do. And I really needed to, to tear it down to the bones and build it up again. Um, the writers that I find that have the most trouble with it aren't willing to kind of make those big leaps they stick with that kind of that original plan a lot and that that can kill it because then you're also um, imprisoned by your own ideas <laughs> um, instead of allowing yourself to do something fresh. Okay, so listen, this is can be oh. a similar question that we get from Kathy. And this we got, she submitted in an audio version. So here we go. Whoops, it's not playing. 
I don't think Do you, you guys can hear that. summarize her question or no. I wonder why that's I wonder why that happened. Um okay. Um yeah, I guess we will do that. Let me try stopping share and starting it again. Um okay, sorry folks, but I would love to hear her voice on this. Yeah. And it's still not working. Okay. Um I don't know what was going on. Um so Kathy's question was when do I give up? <laughs> <laughs> on a particular project when do i how do i know that this thing is just not working um i keep working at it and working at it the dough is so gray it's actually black and not edible at this point <laughs> or, oh or maybe we just can't maybe it just I, I i you just you've lost so much energy and you feel like i just don't i just don't think i can make this work and we hear writers all the time they they say um oh yeah i wrote 100 pages and i decided that this novel was just not going to work um and uh you know or or i was 50 pages in and i was like oh this is this is not going to work um so and this can be a big question because again we get this in our minds like oh we've got to make it work I have had this great idea and so we push ourselves and push ourselves but sometimes you do really need to take a break from that book and of course choosing to put the book in a drawer does not mean you're putting it there forever um, it might just be a little while uh, Emily what do you think um, yeah it's 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 a question that. I'm unfortunately it doesn't have an easy answer. It's really hard to tell when. And, um, you know, sometimes it, persistence, I mean, persistence, I think in, in her original question, she said, you know, how do I tell the difference between persistence and fruitlessly banging my head against the wall? Or am I just feeling like this is too hard and I, I don't want to do it? And I think um, for me, what I've learned is, is persistence is really important. You know, you're going to have moments in the process of writing a novel and I've had people call me friends I'm giving up I can't do this this is a crisis this is a disaster emotionally it feels awful and a week later they fixed it so you know you're going to have moments where you feel like throwing the book against the wall so how do you tell the difference between those moments and the moments where like you know this is really not fruitful for me as a writer it's not good for me as a person Maybe it's affecting my life, you know, and as, as, as someone who it's, it's, it's not going anywhere. I, I think um, for me, and I, I definitely wrestled with this. I've, I've put some novels aside really easily because I didn't have a lot invested in them. I think, you know, I have novels in the drawer that I don't even remember the moment when I put them aside. I, I just moved on. But if you have a novel that you have a lot invested in, that you have ambitions for, that maybe it's the story of your heart and you really want to get out, get it out there and you're very attached to it. It's very, can be very, very hard to put it aside. And, you know, you can obsess. I obsess. I can work four or five years on something that a little voice has been saying to me all along, this isn't working. This isn't working. And I just keep banging my head against the wall. And, you know, as Michelle said, I'm not open to the fresh ideas because I'm just stuck. And I think when you find yourself in a place like that, where the work isn't flowing, the story isn't flowing, no matter what you do, this doesn't flow, where every paragraph is starting to feel like 
pulling teeth. I mean, I've been there where um, you you want to fix things and you keep trying new things to fix a problem and none of them work. You're like on a hamster wheel. You just keep going around and around. And, and also it's starting to affect your mental health. It's starting to affect about how you feel as a writer, how, how you feel as a person. It can undermine your confidence. Like when I was deep working on a novel that I wasn't making progress with, I, I was working on it five hours a day, but I was getting up every day feeling awful. Um, mm. You don't have to feel that way as a writer. And very often the medicine you need is you're not, you're not giving it up. Like, like Jenny said, you may in fact come back to it months later or years later and, and find, and, and the way to work will come to you. But what you're doing, that persistent plugging along and banging your head against the wall isn't working and you will feel better and your writing will be better if you just put that aside and kind of let it sit because that's sometimes and it very often starts something new because you get the you get the the mojo back the feeling oh i do like writing oh this this really is fun oh i have ideas oh this is flowing and if you, and you might have to try four or five or six different ideas before you get that. But when you get that going, not only are you going to get a new work out there, but that energy may help you eventually look at that thing that's in the drawer and, and, and find freshness in it again. So sometimes, you know, the path isn't a straightforward path. It's, it's, it's kind of zigzagging. And, and um, you know, I, I don't think you should ever feel like a failure for putting a book aside lots and lots we all do it i've read one of my favorite writers lou bernie who's who's a wonderful crime writer he had a wonderful interview um in some magazine recently where he basically said he couldn't write his next novel for like 20 years yeah. you know he just couldn't do it he couldn't do it we all struggle with that <laughs> it's not a sign that you're not a good writer it's not a sign that you're not a failure it's 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 just in every novel you write teaches you something. And sometimes the ones that don't work teach you more than the ones that, oh, I wrote it in three months and it was done. So, you know, the answer is it's complicated, but if it's really not fun anymore and it's affecting how you view yourself as a writer and how you interact with other people, you know, give yourself a break, give the book a break. Yeah. That's and also think about, there. yeah, think about what kind of writer you are. So I've, I know people that stick with something and they just, they just beat it to death and they just desperately want to get that done. It's a, that can be a personality things. And then I also know other writers that are willing to jump ship within a moment's wow. note. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Flit, uh, flit around too much. Yeah. Of, that's a problem. That can also be, that can yeah. also be an issue. I tend to be the first. Um, and we're going to talk about this more tomorrow, the different kinds of motivation and the different kind of um, personalities that might be helping you or not helping you. I tend to be, if I choose to do something, I tend to just stick to it. And um, I've done that with, well, this might be too personal, but I did that with my first marriage. I probably stuck with it too long <laughs> until I decided, no, this isn't any good. I, I stick with friendships. I stick with people. I tend to be extremely, extremely loyal. And then also to my own ideas. Um, so I actually need, and someone mentioned this in the chat, um, other readers uh, to give me feedback. And I'll usually give a book up to other readers, even before I think I'm ready to do so, just to kind of force the issue. 
Um, and it's, it's, it's scary. Um, but I, I need that feedback. I need someone to say, and my agent will also do this, but I have other friends who would say this just isn't, this is just, is not working. Um, and so you need those people that aren't just going to be nice, that they will actually give you their, what they really, really think about it. And that, and for me and my personality, I need that kick in the butt to jump ship and, and, and to move on to another project. I always have several other projects in the back of my mind to move on to though. So I always have all these ideas running. So for me, it's kind of a happy thing. Like, oh yeah, I get to do this other thing. That's not killing me at the moment. Ginny, what's your experience? Oh, Lordy, all of this, all of the above. <laughs> Every, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, it's, it's, it's so personal, um, how each writer works. Each book is so personal. Each book has its own um, way of being and way of coming into being. Um, and, you know, what stage of your writing career you're at, you know, there's just all these different factors at work. Um, how, what kind of feedback you're getting, all of it. And, and you know, it, I, one thing that pains me is seeing people who, as you were describing, hold on to a book for too long. And I, that's the people that I say, let that one go, meaning let other people read it, try to sell it, see what happens, and then put it aside and go back to it later. Um, you know, if they're, if they're kind of holding, if, you know, someone who tells me they're working on a first book for 10 years, I'm like, let's pry this out of your hands and see if we can get another angle on this. <laughs> um, and, and then they're the people who say I've started seven novels, you know, and you're like, awesome that you have those ideas, stick with one, stay with it. Yeah. I, I don't think, I, I think people have, a, sometimes writers can have a misguided notion that writing is supposed to be about inspiration too much of the time is it's extremely deliberate construction that you're doing um you're building something and you need to have days where you're like pouring the concrete and you're just nailing in the boards and it's not about the pretty curlicues on the outside of the house and the sentences are not beautiful and you know you're you don't really in other words you have to stay with things long enough so you just put in the hours in your chair to have enough material there to, to see what you've got and to try to build a story. So I don't know, there's just, each project has got its own, its own life and its own history. And each writer has their own foibles. You know, if you're somebody who is prone to, as you were saying, you know, move on too quickly, then make yourself stay with something longer um, and don't, don't give up on it. And even, you know, just to go back to the metaphor that, that Barbara gave us in the beginning, you know, all right, let's say your dough is gray and it is hard and it's going to make really awful biscuits or whatever. How do you revive that is her question. And, you know, I think you don't automatically need to give up on it. Maybe there's a way, um, read it aloud, read it in a different font, give it to good beta readers, put it aside for a month. Um, I don't know, go read it on top of a mountaintop. I don't know, read it upside down. I don't care. Just anything to give, give it, give it you a new angle on it. And, um, you know, let's not assume the problem is entirely the manuscript. It's that we've got to move our, our brains in a slightly different way to see it differently. Um, so anyway, yeah. how, how to, how to keep something alive. Um, you did care for it for a, a long time for a reason. There's a reason you're writing that book and you get to go try to 
find that again, go back to that square one and, and what was it that you loved about at least the idea of this book, you know, um, even if the one that's in front of you isn't necessarily the one you meant to write. Um, anyway, yes, it's, and luckily it's, these, we all these face it and it's super complicated. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, luckily, yeah. these aren't like children, you know, if you get a little annoyed by it, if you put it, you can actually put it away in a closet and not be arrested. Right. This is yeah. not, yeah. <laughs> this is, it's not something, yeah, living. Yeah, I because yeah. I, I also like, I think, um, getting to what Virginia said about freshness, like, for example, what I do is I write a lot of notes or whatever novel I'm working on in my iPhone because it's not in the Word document. I'm very free there. I don't care what I put. I'm not looking at the whole manuscript. Um, that frees up my thoughts. And I've often, sometimes I'll get whole paragraphs or whole scenes that are really different from what I've written. I mean, it's kind of annoying. It's tough to type on, um, but it works for me. And it, it, it's a way that I get some of the freshness back in that actually works for me. And, and I also wanted to say that, you know, sort of respecting that you wrote this book, you cared about it. There's a reason you're exploring these themes. And, and one of the things I discovered is I actually went back recently to a novel I wrote maybe about 15 years ago, the first novel I ever wrote, which I just kind of put aside without even thinking. And I saw themes that are in the current novel I'm working on. Like I, I said, oh, I want to do, do like couple killings. Well, that was in that very first novel. I didn't even remember I put it in there, but obviously there's something in me that keeps, re, you know, that those, those things aren't random. So you kind of need to respect the creative process and maybe you're not going to work it out in this novel, but you'll come back to them in another one. I mean, it's just, it's, it's sort of part of the mystery and, and you kind of have to respect that. Um, right. And yeah. just to add one last one one last thought, um, I was just I was just this is making me try to remember like how many novels have I written, and I actually think I've written either eleven or nine novels, and I say either eleven or nine because um, I think there were eleven different versions of novels, and then two of those have turned into other novels, and one of those got published and one didn't so far. So let's say nine novels, whatever. But the point is, I think I wrote five. I'm pretty sure I wrote five that never got published. And then it wasn't until I wrote maybe the sixth or something like that, um, that, that it finally worked. And that sixth one was a version that was one of the earlier five. Yeah. And so I, I guess the other thing is, um, I said earlier, like, you're going to write lots of books. And somebody wrote in the chat, you know, well, that's easy for you to say. You've written a lot of novels. But I think part of it is that um, it takes practice. We get better at this. Um, nobody would assume you could become a, a concert pianist without, like, doing a million scales and studying really, really hard and, you know, knowing your technical ability, whatever. The point is, all of those false starts or or they weren't actually even false starts. They were ones that got as far as an agent trying to sell them. You know, they were pretty decent enough books for that time period. Anyway, I think things have gotten harder to sell a book now, but the point is um, we get better at this. That's really all I'm trying to say. And that there may be some, some novels that you write that never get between, get sold and, and get out there into the world. But 
um, press on and the things you learn on the ones that don't quite make it will be applied to the ones that do make it. So that's yeah. my only hope. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I hope I'm a good example of somebody who's just managed to persist. And, and I think that's, at least for me, that's what's required. I find it so impressive, Michelle, that you have so many writers to coming out of the novel incubator who have written their, literally their first novel that are getting published, which is awesome. I, it's very hard to achieve that. It might not be their first novel though. Well, yeah, that's no, them. Yeah, it's it's they apply with their second or their third, and that they also have another a uh, number of other novels in. Um, Allison, that's a really good question. You might want to submit that as a larger question to me over email, and we can talk about that as well. Um, I also want to suggest, you know, when they talk about um, sometimes when students tell me, yeah. I might need to eventually get rid of this character. Yeah, I might need eventually to get rid of this point of view. Yeah, I might need to eventually get rid of this setting. My experience is that they will eventually actually do that. So if you're feeling doubt, <laughs> um, take that seriously. Um, you might be able to save yourself some time. Uh, because it, it means that something's not working. And what you can also do if, if you're worried about a book as a whole, uh, when people clean their houses and they're trying to get rid of stuff and they don't know what to get rid of, they're advised to put it in a box for a little while, all the stuff that they're they're unsure if they want to keep or get rid of. It's a special box that they're supposed to put it away in there. And I think they're supposed to put it in there for, I don't know, a few months, a year, whatever. And then they're told if they don't actually over the next year, go back to that box and open it up and try to get something out of that box. If they don't actually miss the thing that they've put in that box, then that means they probably need to get rid of it. So what I recommend is that you put your book in a box for a few weeks, for a month, possibly longer. Do you miss it? Is it calling to you? Um, are you getting your excitement back? Because um, it might then, and you also might be able to think about it in a different way and then simply just work on something else. I'm hoping that you always have something in the pipeline to work on uh, because you will need that when you're pitching to agents or when your agent is sending it out to editors, you'll need to be working on something else. Otherwise you'll go absolutely crazy. So, all right. We got to go, folks. Everyone, you can find our full schedule on our Substack page at 7amnovelist.substack.com. Subscribe there for updates. You can also find our full range of podcast episodes on that page, including episodes from our past two writing challenges, as well as on any of your favorite podcast platforms. And if you like what we're doing, please follow, rate, and review our podcast so we can reach other listeners. That is very, very helpful. And it's easy to do on your phones um, if you want to do that. Okay, any final words about breaking through your writing obstacles? Emily? Um, well, the obstacle, I'll try to be succinct. Um, the thing I'm facing now, trying to write something new, is I'm very fickle. I can't stick with an idea. I keep getting new ideas. I get 20, 30 pages in and say, Maybe I'll try this other one. And I think um, part of what I have to do with myself to get through that obstacle is just say, really commit to something. Just commit to it. If it's flowing, if it feels good, you know, commit to that first draft without revision and just let, you know, don't 
listen to the siren song of, oh, well, I have this other idea. Oh, well, I have this other idea. Oh, this is going to be a mystery. But what if it's a ghost story? Because you're always going to have a million ideas. And so yeah. that's what I'm struggling yeah. with. And I'm trying to focus. Though <laughs> um, so in my experience, so I've kind of let myself drift, drift between drift, projects yeah. like that. And then eventually one kind of takes over naturally. Um, so you, start, you start several, right? Yeah. And then one just begins to kind of take over. Um, and then I follow that one. And then I still usually go back to the others. But, you know, working, I, 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 you know, it depends on also your personality. You might just be like, have to force yourself to pick one. But I would sit down for a day and be like, oh, I feel like working on this one today because that's the one I had energy for. And then eventually one of them um, did begin to, to pick up steam. So that also meant that I was always following my energy. I always had good writing days and I wasn't putting something aside. So I don't know. It, it depends on what your writing personality is. And and Emily, I know you were working so hard on that last revision. I feel like you should give yourself a little More break. <laughs> uh, Ginny, how about you? I like that comment. Cameron just said, just like dating, this is somehow. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Don't, oh, don't, I don't know. I, I feel like I, I feel like an old war horse. And 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 I think that's not uncommon. <laughs> um, you know, we just persist. Um, <clears throat> I like your idea of working on other things when you reach that place where you need to you need to remember that, you know, you're a writer and you have these skills and you can hone them in lots of different ways. And again, not to repeat myself, but just imagine you're going to be doing this. You know, I have dear writer friends who are 82 and 94 now, and these women are still writing. And why not? And so everybody's thinking, well, geez, I haven't written a book yet and I'm 30 or I'm a 40. I'm not yet, you know, I'm if I don't have my first book, I had my first book published when I was 53. I started, I had my first literary agent when I was 27. So between ages 27 and 53, that's when I wrote all those novels that I was trying to sell. And <clears throat> so, and then I've had four books in the last 10 years. So I'm 63 now. So the point is that we just have to persist and assume you can do this and assume you are a, a serious writer and this is what you're doing. And if this one doesn't work, um, it may work later or the next one will work. Excellent. Okay, so we're dedicating this show to old war horses. Uh, I think we're all old war horses. So here we go. Thank you all for joining us. And I hope you're able to get back to your writing desk. Good luck and good writing. Thank you.